Since the beginning of time, people have always found creative ways of communicating. This is my way. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and we need to talk. talk. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the bonus episode last week of me and Ethan talking in the year of 2016. I just got a text from Father William, who is a con- who is a constant commentator on the show, and he said, isn't it funny how you listen to a show from 2016 and you think, you have no idea what's coming. So... This week, I get to talk to somebody really special. I can't wait for you to meet him. It's my church husband, <laughs> Anthony. Anthony Ray. Hello. Hi. How are you? Welcome back. Thank you. To my home. It's good to be here. You're always here. Now I'm going to put you to work. I know, really. So, let me explain what, uh, what I mean by church husband. So, I started going to St. Thomas of Hollywood uh, in January of 2018. Is that right? 2018? What year is mm-hmm. yeah, this? Yeah, last year. 2018. And um, you and I found each other quickly. Real fast. Real fast. I actually, We actually made contact when you were in the procession out of my first <laughs> mass. And we made eye contact and I felt a stirring in my chest of like, oh my God, what is, who's this person? He's looking at me. And then we just became fast friends, and so every Sunday at coffee hour, we sit next to each other until about six months later, everybody... Actually, it started when somebody thought... They were like, how's your partner? Oh, yeah. They um, were like, how's your partner? I'm like, oh, he's good. And they're like, I don't see him. I'm like, oh, yeah, he don't he don't really come. And they're like, he don't come to church? And I'm he's like... He's in the choir. <laughs> but he's in the choir. And I was like, no, he's not. And I was like, he is a singer. Who but was that? I forget who that was. I, I don't remember who it was, but I remember... So funny. I was like, oh, well, that's my church husband then. I got a home husband and a church husband. Church husband yeah. Now everybody at St. Thomas is like, that's my church husband. They, they're just picking their people. Exactly. We got that trend going. <laughs> we got the trend. <laughs> but anyway, I really get excited when I get to... Talk about specific topics, because this year I've been talking about very specific things, except for Ethan's episode. That was just pop culture in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. But I've been talking about really specific issues, like polyamory and religion, and the other day I talked to Liam about escape rooms. But I love the opportunity to bring somebody who's really super important to me on, and we just kind of show our relationship. And you really have become one of the most important people to me in my entire life because I don't just get to be your friend and share moments of joy with you, but I get to share my spirituality with you, too. Yeah, definitely. Which is not something I do lightly. Some people have asked me to come to church, and I'm like, no, thanks. Yeah. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You can just keep that energy right where where we see Mm -hmm. it. I'm the same way. But we're in the middle of Lent, and you're about to be confirmed. So this is exciting. I'm really excited. Um, I... Wanted to be confirmed a while back, but my issue is that since I live in Palmdale, which is mm-hmm. without traffic like an hour from St. Yeah, Thomas. Yeah, it's 70 miles, right? Uh, about 60, oh, maybe yeah. a little less. 
um, <coughs> confirmation. North. It's 70 miles north of Los Angeles. Northeast, yeah. Which is like, you know, there's parameter things in Los Angeles like Burbank and North Hollywood and Pasadena, but that's not even in L.A. County, is it? No, no. We are the very northernmost well, it's of the county. well yeah. outside of Los yeah, yeah. Angeles, yeah. the city. There is a anyway, huge mountain range that separates just from the for city. Yeah. Geographical location. If you if look it up, I don't. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, when I approached Father Davis about doing confirmation, he said, "Oh yes, we do confirmation on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. It's like a nine month long process." And I said, yeah. "Ooh, this is a commitment." And not that I'm, not that I didn't want to commit to it, but mm-hmm. you know, nine months of driving down to LA. An extra day when I don't have to be down here, especially on a Saturday morning mm-hmm. when, it's, when it's like my sleeping day, um, <laughs> was real tough so, to commit to. Eternal salvation. Versus Your sleeping the day. <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> so, for you, it was really just all about, can I fit this in my schedule? Kind of, yeah. And it, I hate to boil it down to that, but I guess that's kind of what it was. Mm-hmm. It was just trying to figure out when when would be a good time in my life to actually do it. And I didn't want to keep putting it off. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, um, in December, um, I had to sub uh, for my former organ teacher up in Lancaster mm-hmm. at the Methodist Church. And so, didn't have to be down here. Uh, we didn't have to sing. It was the Sunday after Christmas. Um and so I thought to myself after I finished the service, oh, I should go over to the should go over to St. Paul's, which is the Episcopal Church in mm-hmm. Lancaster, and just kind of pop my head in there and say hi to some people. I know some of the people there. Uh, so I popped in, and uh, Reverend Nancy was there, and I got to chat with her a little bit, and um, I asked her, well, what was the what is the uh, possibility of doing confirmation here up in Lancaster? And she said, well, you can we can do the classes. There isn't a class right now because no one's. <clears throat> And interested in it right now, so it would just be the two of us, mm-hmm. uh, which was fine with me. Yeah. Uh, but she said, but Bishop Taylor will not be making an annual visitation this year, and so you wouldn't be confirmed this year to have to wait. So it would be like 2020 before you could Something be like that, yeah, because she's retiring uh, this summer. So she'd be gone before you were even able to to be confirmed. Yeah. So then I, I thought, you know, the wheels on my mind were turning, like they always are. And I asked her, well, what is the possibility of me taking... Uh, what is the possibility of us meeting one-on-one but being confirmed at St. Thomas? And she said, oh, I'm totally fine with that. If, mm-hmm. As long as Father Ian's okay with this, fine with me. So uh, the following Sunday, I uh, went up to Father Davis and I asked him, you know, what, what is the possibility of this? He goes, oh, it'd be totally fine. So um, I was like, yes, so happy. So I give that Father Ian impression about a six. <laughs> I, I did not commit to it. I'm sorry, I didn't. He's Welsh, so. Yeah. And uh, totally adorable. He's very but it's cool. mostly because you were talking too fast because he says everything slower Super than Super slow, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but the anyway. proper as a mass are the slowest. I love it. <laughs> you hear every word. Uh, so then the two of us, Reverend Nancy and I met for, I don't know, maybe six times or so mm-hmm. for like two hours. And it was a really lovely time. I learned a lot. My understanding of faith and how I believe really expanded. Mm-hmm. And... This probably sounds a little snobbish, but it was probably better for me to be just one-on-one with someone instead mm-hmm. of in a group for nine See, months. and I had the very, very opposite uh, experience. I was confirmed at St. Luke in the Fields in New York City mm-hmm. in 2016. Is that right? 2016, 2017. I'm so confused. 
No, I think it was 2017. It was 2017. I'm losing my mind. 2017. What happens after you turn 30? Mm-hmm. It's all downhill. It's very my, slippery slope, I'm my still in my late, mid-20s. Uh, so. I'm in my extremely late 20s. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so us, like, they do a very rigorous schedule at St. Th- St. Luke's. And it, that's what was the hesitation for me, because it was almost like buying a car or buying a house. Like, there's no turning back Yeah. yeah in this exactly. situation. Again, I guess we both have, in a very trite way diminished um, uh, our experience of being confirmed to the convenience of waking up on Saturday or comparing it to buying a car. But it is more of a deep thing. But my experience was that you joined the class. Like, you joined the formation class, and I met all these people, and we went on this complete journey together. And one of my best friends in the world, Goldalee Katsani Simmel, is... is when I show you her hair, uh-huh. that's I had the exact same moment with her that I had with you. She was walking up to get to receive communion, the one of the first or second Sundays I was there. And you two locked eyes. Her hair, she's got this mane of hair that is just so beautiful. And I was kind of intimidated by her because her hair was so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And that's not usually something I do. <laughs> but I was like, her hair is so beautiful. And then I walked into my first class, and there she was. And we became instant friends. And we went through classes of learning the history of the church, learning the prayer book. And then we went on a, a retreat to yeah. upstate. And we, we did all these things. So it was a lot more in-depth than what I think St. Thomas or other churches do. Probably. I For... For me, it was very informal. We met mm-hmm. once a week for a couple hours, and we basically just she would ask me questions, and I would, you know, or I would ask her questions. She would ask me questions, mm-hmm. and we just went kind of back and forth. It was a really, really good time of dialogue between the two of us, and for me to be able to just fill in the gaps. Because the way I explained it to her was, because for me, growing up um, independent fundamental Baptist, and then going to a Baptist college, mm-hmm. and you know, learning. Doctrine in that setting, it's like I already knew the doctrines of the Christian faith, mm-hmm. but I learned it from one angle, and I told my, um, Reverend Nancy, now I need to learn it from a different angle. Right. And that being said, I just want to say that you did write this beautiful blog that is sort of taking on a life of its own, and I just really don't want to touch on that on this episode, because yeah. I don't feel like I could do it any justice with comparing it to something else, but I want you to come back, because I want to get in depth about that. But I'll still link it. I'm going to give homework on this episode. I'm going to link your pod, <laughs> your blog. <laughs> We're going to read it, and then you're going to talk about it. We're going to dissect. Oh my but, okay. But yeah, do you feel like it's sort of a journey coming to an end, or yeah, it, is it really that? No, it was you know. because we met. It feels like we met a lot of times. But mm-hmm. It was probably maybe six times, but because we were there, just the two of us having these two-hour-long conversations. Mm-hmm. That's what you know. Um, like 12 hours of just the two of us talking and right. working I actually out. talked about you, and you don't know this, but I talked about you on my episode with um, Michelle Castle, uh-huh. the makeup artist who we talked about Jewish faith and everything. I was talking about liturgy queens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember hearing that. <laughs> well, actually, if we're getting honest, I was talking about Auntie Byron. Oh, I know. But <laughs> but yeah, I'll have him I was on a little sometime. salty but, that my name wasn't thrown out there, too, as a liturgy queen. <laughs> well, you were who I had in mind. <laughs> Byron is just pretentious and you in, in the most beautiful in way. In the most beautiful way. He knows it, and I love I him love for it. it. Yes. You are a full-on liturgy queen. Yeah. 
And you're proud you of it. it. Yeah. You're proud of it. I love it. They're all types of gays. They're, you know, <laughs> got your da- drag queens. You got your leadership queens, too. Yeah, exactly. That Listen. We get to wear dresses, too. You just don't. You just you do the robes. <laughs> you just don't um, make quite as much money as the drag queens. Oh, no, near not near as much. <laughs> I still get paid, though. But you have your convictions. I do. I have my convictions. <laughs> and But I still get paid. Right. You do. As the staff chorister. Well, and that's something I want to talk about with you. But first, let's take a break, and then we come back. We're going to talk about your job. Yeah, let's do it. Alrighty, we're back. And... You are not just a liturgy queen. No. You are also a professional musician. Mm-hmm. And that's that's saying a lot for somebody your age and in this city, that's that's a feat. Like you're really hustling in your professional life too. There, yeah, there's a lot going on right now. And that's I, very inspiring. I too. kind of feel like it all just kind of fell into my lap if I'm honest. And this kind of is touched on in the blog uh post that I mm-hmm. wrote a couple months back that you referenced. Um, but after I came out, I kind of thought, you know, what do I do now? Actually, kind of before that, like right before I came out, I thought, you know, what do I do now? Because I'd been mm-hmm. working in a Christian school and then uh, resigned from that. And literally, I thought one day, well, why don't I just audition for Ellie Master Crow? And I had thought about doing so a few times, mm-hmm. but I knew I didn't have the repertoire. I didn't knew I, you know, didn't have the experience. And then that year, like December 2015, I thought, you know, what, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Let's just audition and see what happens. So I auditioned, and for some people, you know, some people, they get they get in after their audition, mm-hmm. and they're in. Some people have to try maybe a couple years. I was fortunate enough to audition the one first year. One and done. Just, yeah, one and done, exactly. Wow. So it was, the process was to submit two contrasting arias, um, plus your resume, right. and then they call you back for an audition. Just to give a little context, because I have a deep appreciation for pretty much all art, mm-hmm. and I myself, am an, I'm an artist of sorts. I'm an improv actor, and I guess this podcast could be considered art. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Depending on sure. who you talk to. No, no, I totally consider um, it But I never really had any experience with classical music. Um... I have a lot of friends, like Father William, who has become a presence in this podcast, whether he likes it or not. I've been begging him to come on the show. He will never do it. it. So you'll never know who he is. I'll he, chat with him when I You're going to see him, but anyway. Yeah. Um, he has a deep appreciation for classical music, but, you know, it never really filtered into my life in this way. But then I came to St. Thomas, and Auntie Byron, whom Auntie I Byron. sat by, and yep. that's not to diminish him because he is actually... A celebrated and award-winning composer. Yeah, composer, musicologist, very well known. Right, he, he's like, he is kind of a rock star yeah. in the in the um, classical music world. But I didn't know. I just knew that he was very kind to me yeah. the day that I showed up at St. Thomas, and he said, "Would you like to sit with me?" And we've been sitting together ever since. So cute. And then the incredibly sexy Jeffrey Parola, who plays the organ. <laughs> he um that's again diminishing his art he is quite handsome um but it, this is saying a lot he's not as handsome as he is talented and that is saying a lot 
Mm-hmm. But it just kind of, all these people at St. Thomas just were all these classical music, classical musicians, classical composers. It's part both. of the, it's part of the church, really. Mm-hmm. It it's really just is. just ingrained in, into the church. It, and, you know, it probably, some people might kind of think it's a little bit snobbish, but that, the, the music that we use, and especially the music that Jeff picks out mm-hmm. for each Sunday, just really facilitates worship within the context of the liturgy. Well, and it, it is, um, I guess, for lack of a better term, highbrow, the music, but it isn't snobbish, because no. I don't have any kind of background in classical music, and... I've been welcomed, and everybody's just so excited to talk about it that I've learned almost by osmosis, mm-hmm. just being around you and Byron and Jeff and all the other members of the choir, like Anne, every day that she sings, I'm just like, oh my God, I can't, I can go on I with know. my week now because and I've you heard know Anne sing solos. You know she's leaving us. Oh right? dear, don't even. Did I tell you, did you hear that on Sunday? I didn't. Yeah, she's leaving us. Oh my I'm God. I am devastated. Um... But yeah, it just, it sort of came into my life this, in the, over the last year or so, and I'm so glad it did, and now I'm talking to you, you're really talented. Like, I went to the Hollywood Bowl to hear you perform with the LA Philharmonic. I mean, that's a big deal, too. But it was just one amongst the entire corral, so... Yeah, but, again, I, L.A. I will that's say what that. I was, that's what I was trying to do, is give some context that your classical musician, L.A. Master Corral, is like the Philharmonic of singers. Yeah, L.A. Master Corral so, in California is probably, is probably the premier mm-hmm. choral ensemble, and definitely one of the top choral ensembles in the U.S., right. for sure. Um, it you know there is a certain threshold that you have to uh, meet or pass mm-hmm. in order to be a member of the group, and it, which makes it so easy to sing in that in that group because everyone is on the same page, mm-hmm. like literally everyone's on uh, just the same wavelength, and it, it, rehearsal process the rehearsal process is so easy mm-hmm. compared to maybe a community choir or something like that. Yeah, where you think. You think, oh, because the music is challenging, it would be difficult. No, it's difficult when the singers around you don't know how to sing. Right. And it's a really easy music. Then that's when you're, like, pulling your hair, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I want to leave so bad. <laughs> but you love Ballet Master Corral. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you wouldn't... You wouldn't. The only way I can it. give it up is if I move away. Right. Or if you, you know... Even if I did move away, I know people who... who I have a friend... I was about to say, I met who people... Who lives in Utah, and she flies down for, for rehearsals and performances. Right. I met... At your performance, I got to meet some of the people, and I was like, you don't even live here? <laughs> and they're like, no, I'm here. I'm yeah. here for this. Yeah. Um, but you have that job, and you are... And you're um, a, a member of the choir at church, and <laughs> you're always doing something. And you really are paying your bills... By singing, literally, yeah. or I playing, for, playing. I literally sing for my supper. <laughs> so, and that's a big deal because I'm gonna let you in on a secret. I pay money to make this podcast happen. Nobody's paying me this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody's paying me to do this yet. So uh, that's I totally get. And that. that's the story of everybody in LA. An yeah, artist yeah. who's trying to. Well, I think you know. For I mean, I can relate to you a little bit mm-hmm. as far as how that goes because we just finished the. 10-hour Bach marathon on Saturday. And I didn't get paid for any of that. Right. And I've put in countless hours in preparation for that, in contracting the singers, mm-hmm. in selecting the music, and preparing preparing the music, 
um, the rehearsals, it was just constant email emailing for like the past mm -hmm. month. Just any time I was on my laptop, it was almost for no other reason than to send an email like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Um, here's some notes for this. Here's some notes for that. Blah, blah, blah. Which blah, just blah. proves how much you love it because you wouldn't yeah, do all that work if you not. didn't no. love this. Uh, but I didn't get paid for any of that. Right. But so you're not, making, you're not making millions of dollars, but, you're, no, you're, but you have no other job. I'm a barista. <laughs> that still can be pretty entertaining, actually. You know, I actually really love my job, but it's yeah. like... I would rather be working on a sitcom, mm -hmm. but, um, and my boss knows it, <laughs> but, but no, it's just, I am a really am in awe of you, just your hustle, because there have been nights where you have called me and was like, can I sleep on your couch? Cause I don't have the strength to drive back to Palmdale. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I'm, and I'm, I'm honored to be a part of, you know, part of the dream. I'll have to uh, write that in in the uh, guest book from now on. I don't. I don't have the strength. That's <laughs> why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> because I do. I make everybody who comes over sign the guest book before mm -hmm. they leave. Which is yet again another thing that I took from Father William. See, there we he go. did that to us when we first because we we lived I need in, to do that. We subletted Father William's apartment no when one we first comes moved up to, to New see York. The desert, though. Nobody does. Well, you never invited me to come see the desert. I have. <laughs> you. It's been sort of a. You should come sometime. You've never been like. Okay, we'll plan. Saturday. We're gonna plan it. We're planning. We're gonna come over. We're gonna come up and we're gonna go hiking. <laughs> the poppies are all in bloom right now. I can't wait. Oh, I saw that. I saw a news I'm article go tomorrow because people them. are literally getting violent over the poppies yeah. because people are stepping on them. Exactly. And people are like how dare you we don't we get these like once every four years oh even less please, than that sometimes please stop stepping on the exactly. poppies exactly <laughs> yeah so i think i'm gonna wake up early tomorrow and go see those just by yourself pictures. yeah in a, in a prayer prayer walk in a pray exactly in a very <laughs> penitential prayer walk <laughs> if my friend gabe would wake up early enough i'd take him but we're, we're just calling everybody out we are throwing them under the bus totally and then getting on our knees to pray <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what's what's next for you though? Because I know that you do a little bit of conducting, and what what um, musical instruments? What all musical instruments do you play? I don't play a lot anymore. When I was younger, I played clarinet and oboe, mm -hmm. and I played in orchestras for about ten years or so. And then in twenty twelve, I kind of made this drastic sh shift from orchestra music to choral music. Mm -hmm. uh, but I still play organ on occasion. Uh, maybe once a year, I do some type of organ. Um, do you keep an organ uh, recital? Do you uh, keep yourself capture. fluid with playing the organ, though? Not a lot, because I mean, for organists, the regular job that you have is to play at a church. Mm -hmm. And since I sing at St. Thomas and Jeff is our organist, I don't have that mm -hmm. opportunity. So the opportunities that I have are up in Lancaster primarily, like during the summer when my former organ teacher is out of town, she'll call me and say, "Hey, can you sub for me?" Or for funerals mm -hmm. up there, "Hey, I'm out of town. Can you?" sub for me for this funeral or whatever yeah. it's easy stuff um but i wish i had the opportunity to actually have a regular position where i was playing week to week mm -hmm. i say that but i knew if i had it i would be crying on the inside but you fear. know what though <laughs> I, I i do have a little bit of a luxury of time on you and i'm just like you've got so much time you're so young My, oh, oh you mean like that okay. yeah no no, no not, not in your day no 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 you have no time in your day i don't know it, anybody busier but you've got so much time to you know do what you're doing now and then True, maybe but I always tell, I tell myself that I'm like oh you know I'm in, am I, I'm in my late mid 20s mm -hmm. like I, that's the way I like to put it right I'm not in my late 20s yet I'm in my <laughs> late mid 20s um so I'm not old but if I keep telling myself oh well, you're young you know 
you don't have to rush, then time's going to fly by and mm-hmm. I'm going to be an 80 year old man. Well, that so, is well, true. You know, I wish I could have done this. Before you, when you wake up, you realize, oh, I'm in my 30s. Yeah. Which is comes next is your 40s. Yeah. But then, yet again, Jeffrey Carolla just turned 40, so... Or he turns no, 40 he's this year. No, he's going to be turning 40 yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. so well, if, I'll get to if that's what... If the talent and the success and the stunning good looks is what I have to look forward to in my 40s... I'm looking forward to 40. That's, you know... That's going to be fun. Let's do it. So, since you are my church husband, mm-hmm. and my partner in life is sitting here staring at you, this is <laughs> a weird polyamorous relationship, yeah, if you basically. will, tying it back in. But no, since you are my church husband, I want to talk a little bit about church, because I am I still consider myself fairly new to the Episcopal Church. Yeah. And um, I'm still... Really knew myself. Yeah, but you blow me out of the water with some with certain. That's because aspects. I'm weird. I just but know a bunch of weird stuff. I do have a question. Do you feel like your job allows you the luxury of time with the church to become more familiar with the church and to sort of make it more of your? May, you mean like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I yeah. do church on Sundays. Yeah, and I guess you do church on Sundays only as well. Well, for a I lot, have there the, are weeks. I but. do have the luxury of because. So with my my job with Master Corral and rehearsals typically being in the evening mm-hmm. and rehearse uh, yeah rehearsals being in the evening and performances in the evening, uh, and then being at church mm-hmm. for church rehearsal at mass, even though it's a an act of faith first and then a job second mm-hmm. to sing there. It's still a job. That's how you feel about it, or is yeah, that, yeah. or is that? Sort that's the of, way I feel about that's it. That's your understanding of. That's your the way it is for me personally. Yeah. yeah, it's different for everyone. Because we actually have people who are not members of the church, and oh yeah, our some, tenors or uh, our baritone. He's uh, Jewish. Yeah, he's Jewish. So, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Uh, yeah, it allows me more time, I think, in some ways. Like, I'm able to go to St. Andrews, which is a monastery not too far for me in Palmdale, up in the foothills of the San mm-hmm. Gabriels. I go there for mass maybe once a week, and I know the priests up there, and oh, go nice. and have lunch with them. Yeah, I, that is something that I miss about my life in New York that I haven't really found the opportunity yet. Is that in New York, St. Luke in the Fields? We had the twenties, thirties group. We had Monday night adult education where we would have sort of a Bible study, and there was always and also my uh, confirmation sponsor was Garth Wingfield, who was what a name. One of the, isn't that good? I he, love all these names. He's actually um, in marketing, I think is what it is. Marketing and, um, well, anyway, he does marketing for Broadway shows. You know who my uh, sponsor is? I do. Right? He told me on the way home. He goes, uh-huh. I'm Anthony's godmother. I love it. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jim, Jim is your confirmation sponsor. And I pick up Jim. We, Jim and I ride to church together. We have our little morning communion breakfast every Sunday morning. But no, Garth, he is actually in marketing for Broadway shows. Oh, wow. And um, he was the one who, he was the marketing team that brought Frozen, the Broadway musical, wow. to to fruition. Yeah. But um, also at St. Luke in the Fields, he was one of those people who does everything. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's the few that do it all. Yeah. And he was exactly. one of those. And since I was his confirmation sponsee, 
I was confirmed on Easter, and the next week I got emails of, hi, can you please volunteer for this? Of course. And I was like, of course. Absolutely. Which, that doesn't seem to be quite the case, at least my experience at St. Thomas. So I don't really do a lot of that, um, a lot of the volunteering yet. And I, I really want to get into more volunteering for stuff. But a main, um, a main component, and I apologize to the listeners if this is not interesting to them, but it's fascinating to me, so hopefully someone will enjoy it. Well, this um, is our little kiki session. Right where I went, St. Luke in the Fields was very high church, but it was very high church right too mm-hmm. in the prayer book. Yeah. Which there basically, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I've been told I'm wrong at times, in the prayer book there are, it's just two different ways of doing it. Basically, Basically, right one, right two. It's not necessarily different ways of doing it. It's just a a more formal language versus a maybe a little more relaxed language, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say. The language, yes. Because that's not my experience of right two at all. Because I've only ever been to one church regularly where they did right two, and that was St. Luke in the Fields. And they are probably just as much ostentatious as St. Thomas is Mm -hmm. with it. It's just all contemporary. Yeah. And so... But it's interesting how those how the difference in language can affect it, because mm-hmm. I've been trying to observe morning and evening prayers mm-hmm. uh, more this year. And I'll switch back and forth between traditional language and contemporary language. Oh, really? And it, each, time, each time I do that, it's a completely different feel. And I don't know which one I prefer, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in a, in a, in a communal uh, liturgical setting, uh, such as... Being in church together, mm-hmm. I prefer more traditional language. Mm-hmm. I think, however, I might prefer more contemporary language when it's just me by myself. Really? Yeah. See, I like like I said, St. Thomas, or St. Luke in the Fields, where I went in New York, was very very high church, but right too. And so that was that was what I knew. That was what was comfortable. So much so that I thought about not even going to St. Thomas because. <laughs> When I first went there, the the right one, very proper, very um, elegant language of that, it just almost felt like a person who is left-handed trying to write with the right hand. Yeah. But over the course of this last year, I feel like I've become quite ambidextrous. Mm-hmm. Um, I now have such an appreciation for right one and right two independently of one another but there are people who go to St. Thomas because St. Thomas is an Anglo-Catholic parish, specifically mm-hmm. um, much of the uh, much of the tradition of the Church of England, um, and we go to church with people who are very Anglo-Catholic mm-hmm. before they are Episcopalian. And to this day, I feel like I am Episcopalian more than Anglo-Catholic. Mm-hmm. I happen to go to a church right now that is. Episcopalian in the Anglo-Catholic tradition. And that was the longest <laughs> introduction to a question <laughs> I've ever given on this show. My question is, what? It, what is your stance on it? Are you more Anglo-Catholic or are you more I think more I'm more Anglo-Catholic. Um, I mean, they're both under the same umbrella. It's they are, and, and that they're both in the Anglican communion. 
Um, it's just a different way so, of expressing the same right. thought, I guess you could say. Um, because when you get out, again, more context, when you get out of Anglo-Catholicism, which is what St. Thomas, where we go together, is... Mm-hmm. There are, it does become varying degrees of high church, low church, Episcopalian, whereas if it's Anglo-Catholic, it's pretty Anglo-Catholic, so that's the difference. Yeah, exactly. A lot of it just comes down to, I guess, kind of worship styles in a way, and, Mm -hmm. and what is incorporated from more orthodox historical Christianity, Mm -hmm. uh, and even, uh, pulling traditions back from the Roman Catholic Church, uh, such as um, Marian devotion and things mm-hmm. like that, and observance of uh, saints' days a little, a little more adherently. So there are things like that. Uh, for me, I think, well, my pendulum, I always say my pendulum in Christianity swung from, like, super conservative Baptist. We were both raised very conservative yeah. I, okay, in I, our religions. Did you, I mean, Southern Baptists were prevalent where you were from. Oh, yeah, that's... It's like, you know, you throw a rock and you can't... You can't throw a rock without hitting one. Like, uh, there are places where we come from where you can stand in one spot and see two Southern Baptists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay, growing up for you, did you consider Southern Southern Baptists more liberal on the same level as you or more conservative? It's hard to say, but I would say more liberal than what I grew up well, because I'm church. I grew up Church of Christ, where mm-hmm. they don't have musical instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> so it was, or a fellowship hall. It was that way for us. So, we had instruments, and we had the music. Know, like, I guess hall. made it liberal. <laughs> exactly, uh, but for us growing up uh, independent fundamental. Fundamental Baptist, we viewed Southern Baptists as, like, really liberal, mm-hmm. very liberal. So, like, to go from that expression of Christianity now to swing and to hear our pastor say growing up, uh, you know, all these things about the Catholic Church and, you know, the Pope and how mm-hmm. he's the Antichrist and all this stuff, and now to have the pendulum swing, like, all the way over to the other side where it's socially progressive mm-hmm. and super traditional and but very high church. you know church. that I just saw an article the other day where three churches left the Episcopal Church? They're done. They're like, we don't want gays. We don't want this. Here in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. And I, I was a, like, oh, my gosh. No. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's the thing. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's our priest is gay. Um, and lots of priests are gay. And oh, in yeah. St. Thomas, I my rector was a woman. I'll probably be one of them in a few Are you going to go to so. seminary? Uh, seminary school? Seminary, probably, probably eventually, yeah. Seminary school. That's just, seminary. Sem- <laughs> Listen, never record a podcast after taking a full day shift. Um, oh, you're thinking about going to seminary. Yeah, I thought I told you this. I mean, I could, I'm shocked, but not surprised <laughs> because I know you very well. You're a liturgy queen. I'm gonna wait until I'm done with my music degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just accepted into Cal State, uh, Cal State LA. Uh, Last week, I got my official acceptance letter. Congratulations. Thank you. That is, I saw, and that was so exciting. I'm happy to get that out of the way. So mm-hmm. once that's finished, uh, I'll, I'm looking at Yale uh, Institute of Sacred Music, which is uh, a pairing of the School of Music and the Divinity School. So it'll be kind of good to be in that environment. Oh, my gosh. And then once that's done, then we'll see about the seminary after that. So I've made the promise myself that I have student. to finish these music degrees right. first, and then I will give that Because there's some semantics about that that we will get into into your next episode when you come back about the blog post, because you have a college degree. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's some semantics that, yeah, that just yeah, can't, exactly. again, can't be 
We can't Adequ- cover it all. In we one can't day. adequately yeah. do it justice to talk about it today. But yeah, too many people have asked me. I've had random people ask me if I've considered becoming a priest before. You'd make a wonderful priest. I I would I would enjoy it. I think I, th- yeah. I I won't say I, I would make a wonderful priest, but I think I would really find fulfillment in it. Mm-hmm. I think I'll put it that way. I, it was funny because Jeff and I were talking and with Father being out for the next several months, mm-hmm. um, it was either Jeff or maybe Jim and I, and we were talking and I was saying, yeah, I don't know who's going to do daily mass with him being out for the time. I said, you know, I thought to myself the other day, oh, I could do, oh, wait, no, I'm not ordained. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's funny. There's I guess some, it's because I just want to dress up. There's some... <laughs> There's a lot. There's a few people who could do it. I think um, John Schleif, he could do it. He's still a man. I don't know of the if he cloth. can. Can he not? I don't. I don't know the logistics of. I don't know. He's a Lutheran, Lutheran he's ordination a Lutheran being though, translated yeah. into the Episcopal. Church. I know that he has stepped in in certain capacities. Yeah, he's preached before. But um, I don't know. And he and he has offered communion, but hmm. that's. I mean, a deacon can do that as well. So, I don't know. I don't know the semantics. And Father William will probably write me a scathing email telling me I got it all wrong. Well, I hope he also includes <laughs> me in that email. <laughs> I'll chime in. Um, but, yeah, so you, you feel like you are, because we've digressed, because that's what I do. That's, you are, that's, you're that's Anglo-Catholic more than Episcopalian. Well, within the, within the strain of Episcopalianism, I fall under that strain mm-hmm. of... Anglo-Catholicism, primarily I think because I feel more attached to my own heritage on my dad's side, which is Catholic, Mm -hmm. for the most part, and that always intrigued me so much growing up, uh, the few masses that I went to. I am able to connect with that more than I think the kind of broad, low church Mm -hmm. aspects of physical church. when my father was sick, uh, he he got severely sick, and you know, knocking on heaven's gates Mm -hmm. in 2016 and in 2017. And again, I don't remember. I think it was 2017. Yeah, it was 2017 because I had short hair. Dumb, but that's how I remember it. But I went to the Episcopal Church in my town, in my hometown. There's only one in the entire county where I live. And I went there and talk about low church. Which, that is, when, when we speak about low church and high church, it's the sort of a varying degree of formality. Yeah, it's... Like, you with know, the so incense, the robes, this and that, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. candles. This was so low church, they played a guitar during communion. Oh, I could not do that. Um, but, you know, it, it was an honorable and noble cause in the town that I was doing. But, but yeah, and... I, I'm not drawn to low church. I'm very drawn to high church, but um, but yeah, I because I grew up like you, like we said, um, uh, conservative as well, and so I was always fascinated by the ornamentation yeah. of it all, the ornamental yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, so and there are some people who are not as forgiving as you are about a lack of liturgy <laughs> because. This coming Sunday is the uh, Los Angeles, Marathon? the Los Angeles Marathon, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And so Jim was like, maybe we could go visit that Sunday. Because he said, I was thinking about going to All Saints Pasadena. You said you were thinking. No, Jim told me that. <gasps> you know, our I'm going to have a chit-chat with him. Egg, okay, so maybe you aren't as forgiving as some. <laughs> because a certain... I've been to All Saints. I do like it there. It's a very, very, very different... A position. certain person who will remain nameless overheard us talking about this. And he goes, oh, you're going to go to Saint, uh, All Saints uh, Pasadena. He goes, well, that's real nice if you want to burn in hell with the rest of the heretics. <laughs> and I was like, oh. so there we go. Oh, so, that's so funny. But on paper, All Saints Pasadena, they do a lot of things that are they very do. similar yeah. well, to I kind Saint of thought about. Fields. I kind of thought about joining All Saints Pasadena. And if I hate that this was such an issue at the time. Uh, but what it came down to was I auditioned to sing in the choir, but I didn't get it. Um so, so you're started, in L.A. Master Chorale, but you didn't get into well, All Saints I think, Pasadena. I think I know why I didn't. Oh, yeah? Um, shortly after I got the email saying, oh, sorry, you didn't, we, we're not offering it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who I know has had really good connections who was not singing there at the time asked if I could sub for him. I thought, I thought to myself, oh, okay, so that's how it worked out. So, mm-hmm. um, but, you yeah, know, yeah, and, I, that's, and that's, and that's, I don't want to disparage too much on All Saints Pasadena or anybody or anywhere. There, they're because doing a good work on their and what they do. Because I do not believe they are heretics. Because like I said, oh, on paper they do a lot of the same work that Saint and Luke I'm in the sure Fields whoever does. said that said it very jokingly. No, they did not. <laughs> if it's who I think it is, then maybe they were. They did not. It's probably who you think it was. <laughs> but um, or at least it was mine. And Jim and I both had shared a look that it was our understanding that they were not joking. Uh huh. But no, not to disparage the All Saints Pasadena because. The, I, I'm a firm believer that the no is very divine. Mm-hmm. You know, because you and I would not be meet, have we would not be sitting here right now or having ever met if you were in the choir at All Saints Pasadena. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So yeah. everything happens for a reason. Exactly. Well, anyway, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode because when you try to sit down and have a conversation with Anthony Ray... I know, I have to t- dash off to You're dashing off to another appointment. Um, but I do want you to come back because you've written a beautiful blog post, uh, and I want you to tell people how they can get to that. Yeah. Um, uh, if you look up, um, sporadic wonderlust, um, that's the name of my sporadic wonderlust. Yeah, and sporadic I'll, wonderlust. I'll put the link in the notes for this episode. So don't worry if you're listening to this right now, just scroll down. Um, but anyway, before you leave, do you have any suggestions for people? Any recommendations of art or entertainment or books or products oh my or gosh. anything that's um, come into your life? I just, just conduct, conducted uh, Bach's Cantata 147, and that's the, the cantata that... Wait, uh, say just, that again. Herz und Mund und Tat und Leben. A heart, mind, body, and soul. It's the cantata that uh, G. Joy of Man's Designs comes from. Okay. So look, look it up. It's about 30 minutes long. It's a beautiful cantata. That's basically what my life has been. I'm going to get you to text me that later so that I can put it in the notes yeah, and then you, find it because yeah. those are a lot. Like, you could have said anything and I'd have been like, oh, <laughs> this is so smart. <laughs> that um, and, um, yeah. 
anything by Bach, go listen to it. Mm-hmm. Durf, Durf Lace Requiem, we performed on Sunday night, which is beautiful. Listen, if you want music, go listen to those two things. Right. They're wonderful. Well, and something that you and I both can endorse a recommendation. If you're not watching Queer Eye on Netflix. <gasps> oh my gosh, yes. You go watch it. Don't know what you're I missing. was ironing my shirts today and watching <laughs> it, and I was crying. It was a good episode. It was the one of the two sisters, and I was just, yeah. See, uh, we, we've seen the first episode, oh but. Of the third season, but we've seen all both seasons, and it's just, I loved the original, but this show transcends humanity in a lot of ways. They've already won an Emmy. Um, Well deserved. And it's just such a wonderful show. Um, So anyway... Do you want people to follow you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, acray91, A-C-R-A-Y-91. A-C-R-A-Y. 91. 91. Yeah. Perfect. On Instagram. Instagram. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, of course, you know, it's at Kyle L. Henderson, as is my Twitter handle, at Kyle L. Henderson. The unused Snapchat that I have that I will plan on using one day is also at Kyle L. Henderson. If you want more information or past episodes of this podcast, go to Kyle L. No. KyleLeonHenderson.com. And also join the Facebook group on Facebook, which is where the Facebook group would be. Uh, We need to talk because that's where this conversation starts and continues. Um, And if there's anything you want to hear us talk about in preparation for our next episode, just let us know. But for now, Anthony's got an appointment and I'm going to go listen to some Bach.